Now they bring in the tailback Chip Trainum, who was a linebacker until a shift midseason. Stroud harassed. He escapes again, and it's in. No throw to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Harrison again. Stroud, like a maestro, escapes the sack and delivers a strike for the second time to his star receiver. C.J. Stroud, though, is doing things that he hasn't really shown in these big games, and that's creating with his legs and making plays. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. I am so pumped today to be talking about CJ Stroud, the potential number one pick. It's going to be my first podcast breaking down these quarterbacks. And I'm equally excited to be joined by Chris Miles, the DFF draft director. Chris, how's it going? I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, getting closer to the draft, right for to actually get here, but still excited to talk about these rookies. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a lot to talk about with CJ Stroud. I mean, obviously potential number one pick in the draft, potential number two pick in Superflex rookie drafts, but a lot to talk about as far as, you know, how good of a player he's going to be and how good of a fantasy player he's going to be. Uh, before we get too deep into that, um, let's, uh, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find some of your work? Yeah. So mainly you can find everything I do just on Twitter, on my Twitter profile. Um, but my articles that post, they go to dynastyfootballfactory.com. You can find my rankings there, and we are soon coming out with a, a rookie draft guide for the people. So that's where you can find my stuff. Awesome. And yeah, Chris's Twitter is at chrismiles1017. Um, so let, let's get into talking about CJ. I, I have a bunch of different analysts on the podcast, um, some with a film background, some with an analytics background, Wh- which way do you kind of lean? So I lean pretty heavily towards the analytics side. Um, I make sure to look at players just cause you know, you gotta have your eyes on them at least a little bit to talk about them and, you know, make these rookie picks and stuff. But all my analysis is going to come from numbers and hit rates and percentages and all that sort of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I, you know, QB especially is really the hardest position to, to grade from a film perspective. I mean, there's a reason that the hit rate at the NFL level is even like 45% for a top five quarterback. It is really hard to figure out which quarterbacks are good. Um, I actually went in and, coded QBs for the first time this year. I watched 14 of Stroud's games, coded every single one of his passes. Uh, You could check out a Twitter thread I did breaking down his game against Michigan. Um, So I'm pretty well prepared with the film as well, but you can learn a lot looking at the analytics for these QBs as well. And Stroud's was quite outstanding. I mean, we can start off with just the top. He was second all time in college football in terms of his efficiency uh, he has an 85 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio, 72% completion percentage. From a passing perspective, CJ Stroud was just absolutely as good as it can get at Ohio State after being a five star recruit coming out of California. Yeah, I mean, he was awesome. I'm, he gets, you know, closely compared to Bryce Young a lot, but even though he did have those superior weapons at Ohio State, I mean, his stats are vastly superior to what. Bryce Young put out at Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's really no comparison. You can 
you can make up a bunch of reasons why Bryce Young wasn't as good as Stroud. I mean, the wide receivers are important, right? Stroud played with top 12 dynasty wide receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith, the Jigba played with next year's number one wide receiver, Marvin Harrison. Agbuka's no slouch either, but a lot did the wide receivers make Stroud better or did Stroud make him better? You know, it can be tough to parse, but either way, Stroud did just about everything you can ask for. Uh, some of the big metrics I look for, 7% big time throw rate last year, 6.4% overall for his career is just incredible. Um, any ratio of big time throw rate to turnover worthy plays above two to one is just incredible. His was 6.4 to three. So that's above two to one. Uh, Stroud just really did it all in college. Yeah, I mean, people like to bring up the wide receivers. You know, having great wide receivers is awesome, but, you know, you still got to give them the ball. You still got to give them the ball in advantageous situations where they can make the most out of it. And they're not always going to be 100% open, and he still has to throw them open. So, you know, if you have a poor quarterback with those receivers, they're not going to put up the numbers that they did, and they're definitely not going to put up the numbers that C.J. Stroud did. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into Stroud's game a little bit. Um, when you look at Stroud, you, you mentioned you you view things analytically a lot, but also you can touch on some of the film that I know you've watched as well. What stands out to you as far as Stroud's strengths as a prospect? Uh, he just looks – I think he looks pretty poised in the pocket. Like he knows what's going on back there, and he just seems like a pretty good decision maker and knows where to go with the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think number one far and away that's like – poise and presence and processing are some really key things for a quarterback. And you're right. Stroud has that in spades. I mean, I look at a guy like Matthew Stafford in college and it's very similar in my opinion. He stands tall in the pocket. He's very good at processing. He can use his shoulders to kind of shade defensive backs in a certain direction, um, gets to his third read a lot. One of the things I looked at when I was coding the film um, was how often they moved on from their first to their second to their third read. And just as an example, I know Scheme plays into this, but C.J. Stroud moved to his third read 60% more than Bryce Young did, 70% more than Anthony Richardson did. Um, Will Levis, I have not coded fully yet, but Stroud just has the ability, which you really need in the NFL, uh, to diagnose a defense, stand there in the pocket, and, and figure out what the right decision is. Yeah, and that's really important in today's game. That's, you know, what these coaches want for their, out of their quarterbacks. So it'll make them a high-value asset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of C.J. Stroud's, like, uh, like arm strength and his accuracy and things like that, what, what stood out to you? Um, well, I think he can place the ball really well, you know, puts it a lot in a place where only his receiver can get it and the defender doesn't really have access. And I think that's another, you know, big point of what people want to see of these NFL quarterbacks nowadays or if your guy's covered, you know, you still got to be able to get him the ball, you know, third and 10, nobody's open. You got to be able to put the ball somewhere to give your guy a chance and not cause a turnover. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's important, especially when guys were covered. I mean, I look at Chris Alave, for instance, and he, he's a talented player. I didn't think his route running was excellent in college. Uh, even Marvin Harrison last year, a lot of the plays that Stroud was getting it to him uh, was kind of just, pretty much covered, not a lot of separation, but Stroud was putting it where it was either going to be a catch or an incompletion. 
Uh, one thing I love that Stroud did was on throws over the middle. They were always low, uh, which I absolutely love. Tom Brady made this famous where when you're throwing over the middle, you want it low because if the receiver drops it, it hits the ground. If you throw it high and the receiver doesn't catch it, it get bounced up and that's the safety running back the other way. So there's a reason Stroud only had 12 interceptions on 833 pass attempts. That is an absurdly low number. And that's one of the numbers that's most indicative of NFL success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it right there that 12 interceptions on that many passes is that's absurd. Yeah. Absurd. And like really elite level to see for a guy like Stroud um, going into a little bit more uh, other things that stood out or really the question that a lot of people have, especially when it comes to the NFL is, is can Stroud run the football um, what did you see as far as his like athleticism and running ability? I mean, I wouldn't say it's any worse than people like to knock him for because he didn't have the yardage, but I wouldn't say his, you know, his capability is any worse than like Patrick Mahomes or Burrow. You know, if he needs to pick up, you know, 10, 12 yards, he can absolutely do it. Is he going to be running like Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson? No, he's not going to, but he has the ability definitely to pick up 15, 20 yards. Yeah, and, and there were a few games in uh, in particular where he showed that off. I mean, obviously, the national title game against Georgia is the one that everyone references. Uh, college stats are a little tough because they count sacks as negative rushing yards, but C.J. Stroud had 34 rushing yards in that game, take out sacks, and he had about 60 rushing yards I had tracked. Um, the other game that really stood out for me was his worst passing game of the season, uh, at Northwestern, he went 10 for 26 for 76 yards passing. Now you look at that and you're like, holy shit, that is not an NFL quarterback. Um, I live in Chicago. I was at that game. It was freezing cold with 50 mile an hour winds. This was not a game that anyone could do anything in. The hot dog guy threw me a hot dog and it went 10 feet to the left. It just was impossible <laughs> to do anything through the air in that game. And CJ Stroud had six rushes for 79 yards. He realized he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball and he was able to transition to running the football um, and put up some big numbers in that game. But, but still it, it is a concern. CJ Stroud only had um, 136 total rushing yards throughout two seasons starting. Uh, you compare that to some of the other guys you mentioned uh, like Joe Burrow, for instance, he had 820 uh, rushing yards in his career. So, you know, essentially eight times what a guy like CJ Stroud has and a guy like Patrick Mahomes had three, uh, 845 rushing yards. So they are on a different realm. If, if you look at just the statistics, if you look at their abilities, I think a lot of that has to do with the scheme at Ohio state. He wasn't asked to run that ball, to run the ball a lot. And there were a lot of instances where he would get out on the run, get out on the pocket and choose to throw the ball instead of run the ball because he's better at it. And that's what Ohio state called for. Yeah. I look at a uh, best season rush yards per game for my rushing and yeah, CJ Stroud had 4.1 and Joe Burrow had 30 and Mahomes had 33. So yeah, like you said, in terms of stats, I mean, it's not even close, but you know, when you watch them, you can see that he clearly has the ability to do it when needed. Yeah. And, and I do view Stroud as a little bit, you know, as a downgrade of a runner compared to those guys, like I view him a little bit more um, as almost like a Matt Stafford type runner where, you know, if there's clearly he's not as bad as Brady or Manning. Um, and if there's, you know, 15 yards of space in front of him, he'll take that space 
and slide, but he's not going to make anyone miss, um, which honestly is probably good. It means he's probably not going to get hurt as much. Um, it's not going to be a huge part of his game. And, and that is a slight concern because when we look at upside in quarterbacks, we want to search, we want to search for those, you know, massive seasons, uh, you know, 21 plus points per game, 25 plus points per game. And basically I, I did a whole thread on Twitter on this. And unless you're Drew Brees, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, who even ran a little bit more, it's impossible to he- to reach these heights that you need to in fantasy if you're not going to get at least, you know, 20 rush yards per game. Do, do you think that that could happen for Stroud? Or do you think he's more likely to fall into the, you know, Stafford, Cousins, low-end QB1 range given his lack of rushing? Yeah, somebody recently asked me what I would consider Stroud's, like, fantasy ceiling per se. Um, I think his most realistic fantasy ceiling is like a DAC type of outcome where, you know, he can run a few times a game, but he has, you know, really good passing stats. Um, And I do think, like you said, to hit that ceiling, you definitely need rushing upside at the quarterback position. In my dynasty rosters are littered with Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, I, I, I want rushers as my quarterbacks. So that does hurt Shroud's absolute upside, but I, I do think he could be, you know, like Trevor Lawrence right now or Joe Burrow, like he could be one of those where he's in the middle of that QB one tier. Right. And, and the idea is like, you don't need a ton of rushing, but you need to get, you know, 15, 20 yards a game, uh, maybe try to add, you know, five or six touchdowns. Like that was something that Dak Prescott has always done is he's able to been able to run it in from short. Even Tom Brady did that to an extent because he's so good at quarterback sneaks. Um, But if we look at it, there's only been eight seasons since tw- since 2000 of more than 22 points a game uh, with less than uh, 15 rush yards a game, and that's excluding the Hall of Famers. And the guys that fit in there are Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, and Matt Ryan. And those are some of the kind of the paths that C.J. Stroud would have to take to get to that elite ceiling. Um, Matt Ryan I've always had as a comp for C.J. Stroud. I think the way they process the game is similar um, CJ Stroud might even have a better arm if we get back to some of the film. The thing that really stands out to me on C- for CJ Stroud is he can absolutely bullet the ball. Um, in college, you know, the hashes are wider. He's able to throw out routes to the far hash on time, on target, uh, never a risk of being intercepted because you're always worried about pick sixes on those types of plays. Um, his arm strength has always been a strength. Uh, his ball placement in the deep ball was just gorgeous. I mean, again, going back to Chris Alave or talking about uh, Marvin Harrison this year, he just throws a great deep ball with great anticipation. He can easily tell if the blitz is coming and throw that one-on-one ball out wide. Um, to me, CJ Stroud is a can't-miss prospect from an NFL perspective. If if I was an NFL team, I would take him number one absolutely without a doubt. Um, I know that Anthony Richardson has this kind of nebulous upside and that Bryce Young, you know, has more athleticism where from a fantasy perspective, maybe you would prefer him. But personally, CJ Stroud would be my 101 if I was an NFL team and, you know, the Panthers in this case. Yeah, I agree. I think I don't have a single complaint about Stroud. Um, I was actually about to ask you, I wonder if you have any, you know, concerns in Stroud's game when looking at it from a film perspective. Yeah. So from a film perspective, um, he wasn't awesome at anticipating blitzes all the time, uh, particularly particularly off his weak side, off the left side of the line. Um, 
there were a few times that especially some more of the unique blitz packages. So Michigan, both games against, sorry, all four games against Stroud um, ran some interesting packages where uh, Michigan likes to play essentially like these rovers over the middle. Sometimes they'll have the defensive ends drop and the nickel blitz. And he wasn't great at identifying that. He also wasn't awesome at setting up the protection for those plays, but that's something we're coaching could get that out of him. Um, he's been a high-level processor. I'm not worried about that for the long term, but just kind of a nitpick I saw. Um, the only thing that I really uh, didn't love for uh, – I guess there's two things that I really didn't love for him. Number one, there were times that he just thought that his arm could beat a safety to the ball. Um, and sometimes it could, sometimes it couldn't. But there were times where, especially on a post route over the middle or sometimes on a seam throw, he would try to fit it in on a slightly too small – uh, target. I mean, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions, so this isn't a massive problem for him, but if I'm nitpicking, that would be one issue. And the second issue is he's just not an elite athlete. Like when he's rolling out of the pocket, oftentimes he's going to short arm the ball a little bit because if the defense, he, he can get around the defensive end, he's got, you know, four, seven speed, which is solid, but he's not going to get enough space in order to kind of reset his feet, uh, post up or uh, spot up and really throw the ball um, in rhythm. Uh, he's kind of going to throw it on the run, short arm it a little bit, a lot of under throws there, a lot of throws behind his defender when he's rolling out to his right. So those are just a few flaws I saw in his game that could become an issue. Um, but in general, he's a guy who's going to succeed in the pocket. He has really good pocket presence. He can step up. He's got good footwork there. He can see what the lanes are to step up into. So overall, I'm not really concerned about him. I, I think he has a very high floor uh, when I look at him as a player. What about you? Yeah, I don't really, I mean, you, you touched on what I would have said um, about, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, you know, we see a little bit issue there, but um, yeah, I think he has the highest floor of this class and he would be my number one quarterback as well. That absolutely for me. From a, uh, from a fantasy perspective, is he your number one quarterback as well? Yeah. Yep. From fantasy. He's my, he'd be my 1.01 or well, 1.02. Bijan first, but CJ Stroud would be the first quarterback. Got it. Are you at all concerned about his like lack of running ability from a uh, from a fantasy perspective? I'm not just relative to this class because you know your only really option there is Anthony Richardson, and just from the passing perspective of how poor he is, shows up from a stat perspective, I think that it's basically Stroud or Young at one or two for me, and since they both don't really, neither of them excel in that area. So I will, I'm not worried about it. So like one thing I will say is a guy like Young really does profile more like a Mahomes and Burrow from a rushing perspective. I mean, they're completely different players from a passing perspective, but Bryce Young, um, I, I know you have the numbers in front of you. What, what was it? He was averaging what, 15, 20 rush yards a game in his best season. So I have it at seven and a half. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I um, but my threshold is 30 anyway. So he's he's not hitting it regardless. Yeah. Yep, which is fair. Um that's one thing that was interesting that I found out was that um, you know, basically Bryce Young isn't really a rusher anyways, which is kind of what you're getting at, which is super important. So when you're comparing them from a fantasy perspective, I mean Bryce Young profiles maybe more like a Dak Prescott than uh, CJ Stroud does, but neither of them are, you know, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson level rushers. 
uh, and not even Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes level rushers. So it's unlikely that either of them really make that a big part of their game. So to me, uh, I don't know if you're, would you say that you're high on Stroud or low on Young when you kind of compare the two or both? Um, I would say I'm high on Stroud. I'd say I'm pretty much on market for Young. Like if if I was in a rookie draft and it went Bijan Young, I'd be way more likely to trade up for Stroud than if it went Bijan Stroud. Like I'm not trading up for Young to get him at 1.03. I don't see that as a value. But if Stroud falls 1.03, I think that's a value and I'd be attacking that. Got it. Got it. Um, so looking back at some of the quarterbacks in the previous draft classes, and, you know, obviously many of these are still very relevant this year. So 2022, Kenny Pickett, 2021, we got Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Field, and Mac. 2020, we got Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. And then 2019, we got Kyler and Daniel Jones. Where would you put CJ Stroud as a prospect kind of uh, among those guys? So I'd have... Kyler, Burrow, Lawrence, Fields. I'd have those guys ahead of him for sure. And then it would be like Lance and Stroud would kind of be together. Probably Stroud ahead of him. So how about like uh, like Tua and Herbert, for instance? Where do you view him compared to those two? Um, I think they're pretty close. They actually have the same grade in my model, if you include draft capital. Yeah. Um, so it's splitting hairs. I think that I would have I'd have Stroud slightly out of them. Got it. So basically, among the last you know four or five draft classes, Stroud slides in as basically like fifth or sixth. So he's yep. a he's a solid QB one, but we're not looking at any you know really you know elite generational type prospect here. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with the way you put that. Yeah, and, and and I have it in a similar range. Like, you know, he doesn't touch Burrow or Lawrence. Those guys were really untouchable. From a fantasy perspective, a guy like Kyler Murray was way ahead of him, a guy like Justin Fields. I actually have Stroud ranked higher from an NFL perspective than Justin Fields, but from a fantasy perspective, Fields had the rushing ability that Stroud just doesn't have. And then I have it in a similar range than you. You know, I have the grades he grades out slightly higher to me than two and Herbert. So I think we're in the same spot there um, where he's a, he's a totally solid one one but not elite. Um, when we're looking at this from a dynasty perspective, I mean, right now Stroud is basically the one Oh two, one Oh three. Maybe he falls to the one Oh four. If got, if Anthony Richardson gets that top draft capital, I, I watched too much basketball, which is why I wanted to say Josh Richardson, but Anthony Richardson. Um, so Let's say that you could have, you know, CJ Stroud in the middle of the second round of a startup. That's about the same range that guys like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Sean Watson are going. Do you take CJ Stroud there or would you trade him for one of those three guys? So I would take Dak and Kyler, but I would take Stroud over Watson. Um, I feel just in my general process, um, you know, I love Stroud, you love Stroud. Stroud could miss. You know, we've seen Kyler and Dak be consistently elite. I'm not worried about them. Um, we've seen Watson be elite, but, you know, he missed a couple of years, came back last year, didn't look too good. So there's some risk there. I think that at this point, Stroud probably has less risk than Watson with a similar upside. So that's why I'd go Stroud over Watson. But yeah, as far as Dak and Kyler, I mean, those are two proven elite assets. I'm going to take those guys over the rookie. 
Yeah, and that's and that's where I think you can find some value. I mean, I would even add a second round pick to get either of those guys. For me, I would do that to get Watson as well. I mean, looking back at Watson, if you since 2018, he's averaged 24 points a game. Even if you exclude, uh, and if you exclude 2022, this last year when obviously it was a weird situation, he's averaging 25 points a game. Uh, that puts him above what Josh Allen has averaged. Um, and again, I'm excluding Josh Allen's rookie season from that. So Deshaun Watson, to me, is super undervalued. I, I, I understand the risk. He looked awful last year. He was obviously not playing football for a year and a half, but he's put up numbers better than Justin Herbert, comparable to Josh Allen, and really only behind Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, uh, comparable to Jalen Hurts even. So for me... I think you could maybe flip the 102 or 103 for Deshaun Watson or Kyler or Dak, and, and that's a move I would definitely recommend making. Yeah, I mean, Watson is Watson has been an absolute monster in his NFL career. It's just that one year puts that enough doubt where I might would could take Shroud. But I think it's perfectly fine if someone wants to add a second and get Watson. I think that's they're in the same tier, you know, if you prefer Watson, because he has shown that elite upside. It's, it's worth doing for me. Yeah, and and that that makes total sense. Um, what about comparing him to a guy like Bijan Robinson? So if I've gotten this question a lot, if you have the one hundred and one, your team probably sucks. Let's say that you're not ready to compete still for a year or two. What would you need on top of the one hundred and one to trade down to, in this case, the one hundred and two for CJ Stroud? That's a tough question. Um. I feel like I'd want to ask for more than people would give. I'd want maybe a late first yep. and a late second added on about. I mean, Bijan is just such an elite prospect compared to the rest of this class. Like we were saying, you know, CJ Stroud is the best quarterback of this class, but he doesn't, he's not the best quarterback of the last five classes. You know, Bijan Robinson is the best running back of the last five classes, and right. he might be the best running back of the next five classes. I, I just I don't want to lose Bijan in any leagues. I'm probably trading for Bijan right now in a lot of leagues, even though people say his cost is as high as it's ever going to be. I just uh, Bijan is just he's a he's a different player. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I have Bijan in a tier with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. They're the only guys who come close to him since 2018 in in my model, uh, both my data model and my film model. So. I'm on the same page there. Um, I've gotten that question a lot. What I say is I say hold, right? Like Bijan's value isn't going down. Like I think he's going to start the season as a bell cow. He's going to get 20 touches week one. His value is not going to go down. So wait and see what team gets desperate. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe Jonathan Taylor gets hurt week one. Knock on wood. I own a lot of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and you can then trade Bijan Robinson for JT and two firsts or something, right? So right. definitely definitely wait, see what happens. But I'm not rushing to move Bijan Robinson. He, he is, as you said, an elite prospect that we haven't seen in several years and we're unlikely to see in several years as well. Well, you look at a guy like CJ Stroud, there's already two players in the next class I prefer over him. Uh, we've already mentioned their, you know, last year sucked, but the year before there were several players, several quarterbacks that preferred over Stroud. So he's a solid quarterback. He's a solid QB one, but he's, he's not elite. Um, I don't want to get too much into Anthony Richardson. I'm going to cover that on a different podcast, but is there any scenario where you take the upside of a guy like Richardson over Stroud? No. Um, 
The way I approach rookie drafts is if I have two guys that I think have similar ceilings, I want to take the guy I think is more sure of a hit. And since we like Stroud is the safest quarterback in this class, even if Richardson goes 101 and Stroud goes 102 or Stroud falls, you know, to eight or whatever, I think I'm still taking Stroud just because I am way more sure he's going to hit. And I don't want to waste that pick on, you know, Anthony Richardson, who could has a larger chance to miss than Stroud does. Yeah, and it's important to note exactly how high the floor is for a guy like C.J. Stroud because the quarterback market in Dynasty right now is very interesting. So not including the rookies, uh, Kyler, Dak, and Watson, those are your ninth, 10, and 11th quarterbacks, and they're all going in the top 18 of startup drafts. So young quarterbacks have such a high floor, right? Kenny Pickett was pretty bad. He's still going in the fifth round of startups. Mac Jones has been pretty bad for two years. He's still going in the seventh round of startups. It's such a high floor for these rookie quarterbacks as long as they're competent. Um, you can make the same argument for Richardson, right? Like Trey Lance and Daniel Jones are both going at the four or five turn. Neither of them, I mean, Trey Lance hasn't played. Daniel Jones had one solid year. So I can see the argument for Richardson having a high floor as well, but he might not be a starting quarterback in two years. CJ Stroud, I think both of us are very confident, uh, sorry, confident that he will be. Um, I know we didn't spend like a ton of time just talking about like his film specifically, but a lot of that is because he's a pretty easy eval. Like see, there's just not a lot of holes in his game. The numbers show that like he, he's was just arguably the best quarterback in football for the last five in college football for the last, you know, five, 10 years. And there's reasons that we don't have him as high as a prospect, but he really is a can't miss high floor type of quarterback. Yeah, I, that was perfect. I don't have anything to add to that. Awesome. Um, so before we get going, is there uh, any any last thing you want to you want to add about CJ Stroud or, or you got all your notes in? Um, I would just add that from a pan- fantasy perspective, um, my, my database holds all players drafted since 2014. Um, a top five quarterback. It has a zero percent miss rate from fantasy and a 35 percent elite hit rate. So. When we get our quarterbacks going that high, I mean, these are assets we want to invest in. So, so I'm I, so I'm curious what your hit rate is um, because we have guys in the top five like Baker. So what classifies a hit for you? Because going back to 2014, we have uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. These are just some guys who've gone in the top five since 2014. Blake Bortles. So what what makes those guys a hit? I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you because I, the right. value of those guys is so safe, but what makes those guys a hit in your model? And explain to the listeners why it's such a safe bet. So I have four, four groupings, elite, good, soft, and miss. Um, elite is a player that in their first two seasons had 20 or more points per game and 10 or more games played. Um, and and typically twenty or more points a game is around top ten, top twelve. It's QB six usually. QB six. Okay, cool. Um, so to be an elite player, you need to have two elite seasons in your first three seasons, and then to fall into the good grouping, you need to have one elite season or two good seasons. Good seasons are seventeen or more points per game, ten games played, and then to be in the third category, which is soft, you need to have one good season or two soft seasons. The soft seasons are 15 or more points per game, 10 games played. And then a miss is just anything that doesn't fall in that category. Got it. And, so and let's go down to 
um, like Baker Mayfield. His rookie year, he had an elite season of 20.1 points per game, 14 games played. Then he followed that up with two good seasons that were both over 17 points per game. So he he counts as a good hit in my database. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Uh, Sam Darnold. The other, like... Oh, yeah, so Sorry, Sam yeah, I was Darnold. just saying some of the other quote-unquote busts that I mentioned. Uh, Mariota was QB 13 in his second year. Jameis was QB 13 in his first year. Uh, Blake Bortles um, as well uh, was QB four in his second year, QB nine in his third year. You were just going to mention Sam Darnold. Yeah. Darnold, he was um, in his first year, he had over 15 points per game. So that qualifies him for the soft category. And then in his second year, he had 17 points per game. So he counts as a soft hit. He's not a complete miss. And we can see, you know, Sam Darnold kept value for five years. You know, he's, he was a starter last year still. But um, yeah, so that's that really just shows what the safety is a quarterback. And I get asked, you know, CJ Stroud, uh, I said I've said I don't think he has top eight startup upside because I just don't think like you really need to be Joe Burrow and even Joe Burrow runs more than that. So to me, I think he caps out at, you know, an early second round startup. But the reason why I'm still taking CJ Stroud over a guy like, let's say, Jackson Smith the Jigba, who I think is a better wide receiver than Stroud is as a quarterback, or let's say Jameer Gibbs, is because the floor is so much higher. Because I see no scenario that CJ Stroud isn't a starting quarterback for at least three, four years. More likely it's, you know, eight to twelve years or fifteen years. And like and it's just not that high of a bar. If you're the QB sixteen as a rookie, which I think Stroud definitely could be he's going to be around to start a pick and not lose any value and probably gain value. So it's, I, it's, I, in my opinion, you know, it's been very useful for me going back. Baker's a bust. Donald's a bust. Wentz is a bust. Mariota's a bust, but all these guys held, held value throughout their entire rookie contracts. And this is why you got to draft a rookie QB early in uh, early in rookie drafts. Yeah. I mean, to be a wide receiver and to get top eight, you know, startup ADP, you have to be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. You have to be absolutely elite right from the start and continuously. And those are the only guys that are even up there. I mean, Chase isn't even – he is not even a top eight pick in startups. He's picked nine right now in ADP. Um, I think Stroud could be a top eight startup pick. I mean, we see Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence. They're all up there. I don't think it's the most likely outcome, but it's more possible than Jackson Smith and Jigba to be up there. Could completely agree. Um so I, I, and I, I think once again, just to state the differentiation, Bijan Robinson is in that different tier because there's not a great running back at the top of the running back charts right now. And he is an elite generational prospect. So listen, I, I have Jackson for the Jigba as my fourth best wide receiver prospect since uh, 2018, but there are holes in his game. There are some flaws in his profile, you know, basically a one year wonder, things like that. Um, Jameer Gibbs is 199 pounds. He does not have a spotless profile either. Uh, their floor is way lower and their ceiling is not really as high as a guy like, even if CJ Stroud's never going to be a top eight guy, he can easily get to that one, two turn, which is where CD lamb is and no running backs are even that high. So once again, this is why I'm taking CJ Stroud as the one Oh two. Probably I, I need to look more into Anthony Richardson. I, I play a little bit more for upside than you do, but um, either way, like I'm taking CJ Stroud definitely at my 102 or 103. And I don't think there's an argument to have him below a guy like JSN or Gibbs. Yeah. Um, I don't, so I don't not play for upside, 
it's just I think I'm so low on Richardson as a passer yeah. that I just don't know if he can sustain an NFL career. Where yeah, he could for those you know first two seasons, he he could be score a lot of fantasy points, but he's gonna have that issue where he might not he might lose his job because he is not a good enough passer. So yeah, I guess I could see where you you know you said I don't play for upside because Richardson does have a higher upside than Stroud, but Stroud is just so much safer and also has a top eight upside where I'm firmly taking Stroud. That's the, that's where the differentiator is. I, I see that, and I haven't finished scouting Richardson, so I'm mostly talking off the limited things that I've seen. But I look mm-hmm. at a guy like Daniel Jones, who has been absolutely dog shit his first three seasons, and then last year he was, you could argue, competent from an NFL perspective. I think he was still pretty bad, but he ran the ball a whole lot. He had, what, 700, 800 yards rushing. Yeah. To me... I look at the value of a guy like Daniel Jones, who's had, you know, a ter- pretty bad four years and he's still going in the top 50 or so picks. So I view Richardson's floor as I think a little bit higher than you might. And especially because when Richardson gets into the NFL, I'm more confident in myself that I'll be able to tell in those first few games, whether he's good or not. Um, mm-hmm. And because I think he's going to put up fantasy points from the start, hopefully his value won't sink at the beginning. So I'll be able to get out of it early. Um, but yeah. I, I, I haven't made my decision yet. I'm, I'm not arguing Richardson over Stroud at this point. Um, just kind of elaborating a little bit more on how I see the value of those two. Yeah, I think that's really fair. I think that Daniel Jones' point is actually a great point because he, you know, he has been bad from a passing perspective, and he yeah. was just staying afloat in fantasy due to rushing. But yeah, we see he's still a starter. Anthony Richardson could follow that career path and definitely do it better, faster. So right. I, I think that's completely fair. Yeah, and then obviously the hope is that Richardson becomes, you know, Josh Allen. But um, I uh, doesn't doesn't seem like it at this point. But you know, never say never. I guess. Um, okay, awesome. This has been great. I think you know we we've gone in depth on Stroud, a lot on the value, a lot on where we're looking at him in a rookie draft, where we might move him. Uh, before we sign off, can you just let everyone know once again where we can find some of your work? Yeah. So. Uh... As you said earlier, my Twitter handle is at Chris Miles 1017. And then I post all my, you know, hit rate stuff on there. And then you can find my articles at dynastyfootballfactory.com. And I do uh, ranks there as well. Awesome. So definitely check all that out. As I've said before, one of the best ways to support my podcast is to support the guests. Great way to continue to get some great guests like Chris. Uh, Chris, thanks for hopping on. Uh, He will be back either later or you have already heard him uh, to discuss Marvin Mims. Uh, It's TBD on when these podcasts are coming out. Uh, But thanks so much to everyone uh, for listening to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. This has been your CJ Stroud prospect preview. uh, And I will be back very soon to talk about another prospect likely tomorrow. So thanks so much for tuning in.